Hello and welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. So my great uh, pleasure to welcome today's program, Greg Lanyard, who is Director of Product Management at Manhattan Associates. And today we're going to talk about making TMS an investment and an enterprise priority. Um, you, you know, uh, TMS has been around for a long time, uh, but historically TMS has had to battle for investments priorities within the enterprise, you know, whether it was ERP or CRM back in the day or other forms of uh, uh, enterprise solutions. Um, but today, a lot of companies are, are discovering, and sometimes a hard way, that uh, TMS really truly needs to be an investment priority and an enterprise priority for a variety of different factors. And, and that's gonna be the focus of our conversation today with, with Greg. Uh, he's gonna you know, talk to us in terms of why it's important to make TMS an enterprise priority, uh, talk a little bit about the different stakeholders and kind of the business case and, and why it's important, why it should be uh, important to them as well. Uh, and then talk about what's new and exciting around TMS and some of the things that companies ought to be looking forward to in the, in the months and years ahead here. So uh, Greg's, I've known Greg for a long time, uh, expert in this area. So it's, it's great to have him on the program. So Greg, welcome. Yep. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate you having me on today. You know, Greg, uh, as a first-time guest uh, on the program, uh, as I always do whenever we bring someone new on, uh, I like to kind of, just for the benefit of the, of the audience, to provide them with some perspective uh, on terms of your, your experience and how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics to begin with. So why don't we start there real, real briefly. Tell us a little bit about your uh, career path, uh, you know, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Manhattan. Sure, will do. So my uh, career path actually began at Penn State University. I studied supply chain management uh, with a curriculum that was heavily focused on transportation at the time. Um, my first job out of school was traveling the country implementing TMS, uh, mostly in the CPG and retail space uh, for one of the pioneer solution providers that uh, was in that uh, space at the time, a company called Manugistics. Uh, so I did that for about four years uh, on the consulting side, and then I moved over to the product development side, and I've been focused on TMS product management and strategy ever since. Um, my, my current role is Director of Product Management at Manhattan Associates, as you mentioned. Uh, so I, I own the vision and the strategy for our TMS, and I'm the product champion to all of our internal and external solution stakeholders, so customers, R&D, sales, marketing, as well as our partners. Great, great. I, you know, I must say you're probably one of the few guests that I've had that actually uh, studied supply chain logistics at the university level. I mean, obviously, that's becoming much more common today. But, you know, back when you and I first got started, it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as common. So you, you were one of the early uh, early adopters of getting an, an educational background in that area. And of course, you know, implementing TMS solutions, being in the front lines of that. Uh, certainly gives you a wealth of experience and insight in terms of how to do it right and, and some of the mistakes companies make, obviously, and, and how that filters through to your current role now in, in product development, right? That's right. I, I wish I could uh, admit to knowing that it would be uh, such a boom as it was 20 plus years ago, uh, but I uh, got lucky with that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got kids who are just beginning to think about college, and I'm trying to steer them in that direction, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, all right, so let's, let's dive into the topic now, uh, Greg, and let's start with a basic question, right? Um, you know, why is making TMS a priority more important today than, than in the past? I mean, what's, what factors are driving this trend? Sure. You know, it's probably smart to start off with really what hasn't changed, right? So the, the fact that a TMS offers such an array of different value propositions, you know, any of which positively uh, impact operations. So whether it be reducing transportation costs or improving service 
and visibility, you know, streamlining execution, uh, lowering operational risk, right? All, all of these things that we, we know and, and hear in, in the industry, um, you know, better reporting, analytics, management by exception. These are all things that have allowed TMS to thrive, right, and, and prosper over, over the years. Um, and, and, you know, what, what I've seen certainly over those years is that over, you know, the, the course of time, no matter where a company is in its maturity level, so whether they're very antiquated or, or advanced in their transportation processes, TMS, you know, will help you move further along the curve, right? So, you know, I liken it to the evolution of man diagram, if you can picture that, right? So where are you today in that evolution and where can a modern TMS take you? So are you still, you know, kind of monkeying around with those manual processes that are out there or, or are you being creative with tools that are available to help you be innovative and, and to thrive. Uh, most companies are, are probably stuck somewhere in the middle, right? So, you know, TMS, as I've seen, it has been the answer to getting out of that, you know, middle stage uh, or that missing link, <laughs> if you will. Um, so, so you ask what's changed, right? So, so first I'd say, you know, supply chains are, are really more dynamic uh, than ever before. And, and because of that, they're more complex, right? So we have more volatility in our country, in the world, and hence in our supply chains. And that really equals more risk. So we need to be more nimble, we need to react, uh, and we need to be more prepared for when that change hits us. You know, you, you hear more about supply chain failures in the media than ever before. Uh, it's just, a, it's more visible. You know, whether it be port closures or natural disasters, impact of, you know, consolidations and mergers that are going on, new regulations that are causing change, TMS allows for you know, that adaptation that's necessary and, and to, it really helps prepare and facilitate such change. You know, a second area is really you know, probably customer expectations, right? They're, they're higher than ever. We, we, we read about it throughout the industry. Um, we see shorter lead times, uh, next day and same day delivery requirements. We're, we're truly, you know, not only in our personal lives, but in the business world in this instant gratification mode, right? Um, and that's really the new norm. And, and TMS provides the optimization and the visibility to you know, orders, to shipments, you know, wherever they may be headed. Um, I, I'd probably say a third area is around technology. Uh, you know, it's advanced in such ways that we now have information available to us from, from systems and from trading partners that we either couldn't get or couldn't get in a timely and inexpensive manner just a few years ago. So, you know, that's just another big change. Uh, and then you can look at the tech side, right? TMS is obviously more accessible today to the masses than it ever has been before. Um, like you and I have discussed in the past, right, with cloud deployment models, companies with $25 million spends are now able to implement TMS, so the market is, is widened from that perspective. Um, and then, you know, you also have, I think, just generally speaking, a, a new accountability. Uh, you know, at the, the top of organizations for transportation and logistics. Um, you know, specifically in transportation, it, it's truly being looked at now as an area of true competitive advantage, right? It can be a differentiator for companies. So these are all things that, you know, really didn't, you know, kind of hit the top of the, the page in, in the past and, and they're really new uh, areas that are, are causing TMS to, to really be, uh, you know, put up there. 
Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of other things I could probably talk about. Uh, you know, I, I can kind of, I'll close it out with e-commerce just because it, I'd be wrong to not mention it. it. It's truly changing the game from a transportation logistics perspective. Um, you know, there, there's a, there's a need to reassess your supply chain like there never has been before. You know, how do I optimize transportation? You know, how do I optimize the solutions that are interacting with the warehouse, with the, with transportation? Um, you don't have to look past you know, the, uh, the amazon.com story to understand some of that change and you know how they, you know, they're not a retailer, they're a logistics company and they're, they're recognizing that. Right. So, you know, somewhat basic question, but, uh, you know, somewhat of a long answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think you touched upon, you know, so many different factors there. I, I mean, you, you talked about risk, right. And, and that becoming a, you know, an, a, a factor, right. For that for more and more companies, uh, you talked about e-commerce, right? Obviously, and and that's you know changing the, the 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 dynamics of a lot of transportation operations, not only for retailers but for manufacturers uh, as well. Uh, I mean, I kind of look at it this way. I mean, I think today you can pick up a um, you know something like the Wall Street Journal, and just about every single day you can find an article or two, or maybe even more that has transportation management written all over it, if you will, or transportation yeah. management has got an impact of, of some sort in it. So I think the link between transportation management and, you know, obviously the financial success and the strategic success of companies is becoming much more um, visible and much more apparent for, you know, for companies. Um, but on the flip side, I mean, in light of all these things, I mean, it still amazes me how many companies, you know, still don't have, you know, a TMS or haven't made it uh, a priority. I mean, what, what have been some of the, you know, some of the hurdles and then how do you overcome them? Yeah, you're right. And, you know, you, you read reports that that's sort of been out there for, for a number of years now. And I think you recently wrote about this, right? It falls in the 35% range of companies that are using a TMS. And that's the number we've been using uh, in that range for, for many, many years. Uh, it, it's really, it, it's hard to pin the tail on, on that donkey as to why that number hasn't changed. And I won't try to answer that one per se. But um, you know, what I can tell you from my experience in, in interacting with, you know, customers, prospects, it's that, you know, manual processes still exist uh, in way too many companies out there uh, that I talk to. Many are still looking for their first TMS uh, to replace those processes. You know, what I find interesting, I think, is that the, the folks that you talk to at these companies that may be implementing their first TMS, they're, they're folks that have been through TMS implement, implementations before. Um, so whether they're, you know, past roles or former companies, so that the experience level is there in terms of the, the resources, but there are still companies that are, are sort of late bloomers to, uh, to, to turn the tides and start implementing. Um, you know, but I'll say that the times are certainly changing. I think the hurdles, you know, the, of what's been preventing it in the past, but it, like I said, it's changing. You've got cost and you've got change management. I think those are the two obvious ones. Um, you know, costs from a structure perspective, you know, cloud deployment models, subscription-based pricing, these have certainly helped open up new markets for TMS and, and other supply chain apps for, for that matter. Um, on, on the change management side, you know, just through conversations that I've had in the past, I think, you know, companies are often just set in their ways and processes, you know, the, they have that weird, different mentality and, you know, there's some concern for what impact change will have on their operations specifically in transportation. So, you know, what I, you know, what I think around accountability is that, you know, that there's, there's new accountability, there's new proof points, right. That, 
that have been put out there by companies of all sizes across all industries using TMS and, and you know, there's success stories that are out there. So I think, you know, those hurdles are, are being overcome. Um, you know, we're certainly seeing it and, you know, the demand for TMS is still out there, which is a good thing. It's kept me in the industry this long. And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of uh, where things stand. I guess the only other area is probably around, um, you know, talent. Uh, you know, maybe another area where, you know, change management has been a concern historically is that, you know, the thought and misperception that uh, TMS is too complex for maybe my users, right? And, and, and the reality is that, you know, TMS has become easier to implement. Um, it's become you know, quicker to implement. And, you know, our supply chain management professionals are coming out and, you know, from school and, and more ready than ever, as, as we already discussed. So I think all of those things are changing for the better. Um, you know, we, for example, at Manhattan just recently um, did a uh, workshop at MIT on transportation optimization um, as part of their supply chain master's program. So though, these are the types of things that are happening more so in the, uh, in the academia world that are helping, you know, folks be more prepared to uh, hit the ground running when they come out of school. Yeah, that's a great point, you know, there in terms of, um, you know, we're certainly seeing over the past few years, um, uh, university programs leveraging some of these enterprise solutions within their both undergraduate and graduate programs. So, you know, people are entering the business world already with experience using, you know, TMS applications and they, they see what the value is. So I think that's another, you know, to your point, that's another factor that's, that's lowering some of those historical, you know, hurdles um, and uh, easing some of those change management challenges that, that have always existed and continue to exist today. Um, you know, so, so let's talk about some of the stakeholders, you know, now, uh, you know, obviously in addition to, you know, transportation and logistics executives being interested in transportation management or, um, you know, these, these solutions, you know, there are a lot of other, you know, stakeholders involved, um, in building the business case for TMS and, and getting, you know, the most value from it. Uh, so, so let's start with the, the CIO, right. From a, from an IT, you know, perspective, I mean, how does the TMS align you know, with the challenges and objectives that CIOs face today? Sure. So, you know, uh, I think we're talking here about a decision to align platforms, align technology, right? And, uh, and finding a partner that's right, not only for my solution and needs today, but for five plus years, you know, down the line. So how do I find a flexible solution that, that scales uh, with the business as my business is going to grow, right? So, you know, supply chain flat platform solutions really fulfill this requirement best, in my opinion. Um, you, you get common architecture, you get common uh, business objects, right? You've got cloud deployment models that help reduce the load on staffing um, of, of different IT projects that are out there. So all of these different things, you know, as well as just the, you know, the, the reduction of in infrastructure costs, that they're all things that are on the, the mind of that CEO, uh, CIO, excuse me. Um, but also important is, you know, innovation, right? And, and keeping up with new technology trends and is the, is the solution provider going to align strategies and, and continue to enhance the solution, you know, uh, in line with where the company may be going. Um, in the end, you know, I, I, it's really about long-term project viability, right? With, with TMS, we're talking about, a very intertwined system. It's not a black box. Um, it touches upstream and downstream systems, and it's really critical to daily operations. So, all of these things have to be considered, and, and that's really you know what's on the, the CIO's mind uh, to to make sure that the right you know solution is uh, implemented. 
Now, you know, uh, are you seeing, generally speaking, I mean, I think there was, you know, there's always been a lot of discussion early on, particularly with cloud or software as a service, you know, and, and how that was going to be uh, viewed upon by, by CIOs. I mean, what, what do you, in particular as it relates to TMS, right? I mean, are CIOs today kind of cloud just being a much more, uh, something that's more on the table, you know, for them as an as a option that they're more willing to embrace? It definitely is, you know, the, the concerns that were, you know, brought to the table early on with cloud and security, you know, which was the main one, you know, the, the, those have definitely gone by the wayside. I, I don't know if companies were waiting, you know, and seeing kind of an attitude or whether they uh, really had legitimate concerns for, you know, security, but, you know, that is just not a roadblock anymore to, to companies moving forward. I think the benefits clearly outweigh, you know, the, the those concerns uh, from a costing perspective, from a resourcing perspective. So, you know, the CIO definitely uh, can now fit a TMS project into the mix a lot easier than uh, than he could have before with the, the competing projects that we know are always out there uh, in the supply chain and, and outside of it. So, right, and you you mentioned you know innovation, and I think that you know when I think about this. And I think about, again, from an IT perspective, a CIO perspective, um, you know, the ability for platforms or whatever solution you're talking about to be, you know, f easily flexible, adaptable, right? It used to be that, you know, if the business process changed or you need to make, you know, some kind of innovation from the IT front, um, you know, you had to call, you had to wait for IT to come and help you, right? And, that, and IT had limited resources or it could take weeks or months, you know, sometimes it was at the bottom of my priority list or would never get done. I think what you're seeing today with these more modern, you know, platforms and, and architectures is the ability to almost empower the the end users to do some of these configurations and this innovation, you know, themselves, which kind of lowers the burden on the IT staff uh, a bit as well. Did you see that as well? Absolutely, right. So you, you hit on two key points, right? One is just the pure usability, the user experience of TMSs is has just gotten to a, a much more mature point. Uh, there's been a focus, you know, in the last several years on that aspect of it. Um, and then, you know, the other is the fact that, you know, the, 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 the tasks, the actions, the business processes that are being supported by TMS are being, you know, built around the business user. So, you know, more is just being put on the UI, if you will, the front end, the user interface to allow the business user to, understand more simpler the you know the configurations uh, that used to be more complex but now are you know sort of dumbed down for uh, for the business user if you will right right so uh, you know ultimately as with all investments the conversation ultimately you know turns to you know the ROI and, and dollars and cents and obviously that's where the the CFO you know comes in so and that's another kind of important stakeholder here right I mean why should CFOs make TMS an enterprise priority Sure. So, right with the with the CFO, now we're talking about total cost of ownership. We're talking about return on investment, uh, financial stability of of the partner that you may select to uh, help support all of your you know key operational uh, processes. Um, you know, I, I think generally speaking, right, the, the ROI around TMS is is has been more heavily advertised and proven um, than for many other IT projects, even supply chain application projects that are out there. And there's a few reasons for that. Um, you know, we have excellent data points. We're a mature solution. We've got analysts and third-party perspectives that are, you know, documented well out there. Uh, it's a mature solution. It's been 
Um, you know, seeing constant investment for, you know, more than two decades now, um, you know, talking numbers, right. Five to 25% is kind of the accepted and suggested range of savings. And, and that can come from, a, as I mentioned, a, a variety of different ways. Um, you know, recent reports have even stated that the ROI, the actual realized ROI from TMS is on the uptick. It's on the rise. Uh, so people are starting to get more benefit than, than even before. Um, but, you know, to, to answer your question specifically, I, I think, you know, there are many different um, opportunities for those returns. And the, the savings that you get from TMS, you know, go beyond just an initial implementation, right? There's incremental savings that can, can be realized year over year uh, that, that help the cause from a CFO perspective. Uh, and again, here I'm talking about the fact that we all know supply chains change. We know that the business changes and being able to tune the, the solution to quickly adapt and, and change and take advantage of those changes from an optimization or visibility perspective, whatever it might be. Um, you know, these are things that allow uh, for continued ROI, not just a one and done uh, type scenario. And, and TMS is, uh, you know, is, is pretty well known for the ability to, to handle that. Um, you know, I, I think you also look at things like, uh, you know, business unit rollouts, right? Expansions, trading partners being added to the mix, uh, economic conditions that lead to, uh, you know, different shifts in, um, you know, business processes, uh, all, all of these things, right, are, are ways that TMS, again, adapts and, and can quickly uh, provide that, that ROI needed uh, year over year. So, you know, I, I, I hope that answers your question. I think that's sort of online with, uh, you know, the, the CFO's mentality. Yeah, no, I, you know, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, I mean, what I, what I always hear from folks is, uh, for, you know, from transportation executives that, that have been successful in this area is, you know, you ultimately have to put in the language that the CFO understands, right? And that is linking the TMS and, and transportation to specific items on the P&L and balance sheet, right? So if you can, if you can make that connection, you know, that, that's going to be, you, you know, you're going to be much more successful than if you're not able to make that connection. And I think secondly, you brought up a point in terms of, you know, companies seeing greater value today from a TMS perhaps in the past. And where I'm seeing that a little bit is obviously I think it's been well documented on the cost saving side of how TMS kind of helps in that area. Um, you know, kind of more broadly speaking, I think one of the things that we're seeing in the industry is logistics kind of being viewed as a competitive weapon and, and transportation being part of that. And not only being a, as a lever for cost savings, but also as a weapon to drive top line sales, as a, as a way to drive revenue growth, right? Um, you know, offering you know free two day shipping, for example. You know, I think that's probably the most uh, you know obvious example out there. Even though there is no such thing as free, and a lot of companies obviously end up losing money as opposed to that. But but I think that there are ways that you can, if you do it smartly, you can leverage transportation and logistics more broadly as a way to drive top line growth. Are you seeing that in kind of with the customers you're working with? Yeah, no, no doubt about it, Adrian. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's exactly what folks are, you know, thinking about what they're considering. And, you know, if there is a challenge or, you know, there shouldn't be in, in sort of finding that, that value prop and, and where the, the returns could come from, you know, we have structured means to, right, to help, easily evaluate where are your current op operations, um, you know, provide a value assessment for where we think you can get to, 
uh, and help with, you know, what would that potential return be? So all of those things are available today based on the, you know, the, the history, the data that we have uh, from past implementations and such. So it's, it's all good. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, now, now let's talk about the most obvious stakeholder, which is, you know, the chief supply chain officer or, you know, some other senior executive that's involved, you know, responsible and has accountability for, you know, broader, you know, supply chain, um, you know, performance. Um, I mean, with so many different, you know, moving parts and, and processes involved in supply chain management, I mean, how should, you know, chief supply chain officers view transportation management systems and, and its value and importance, you know, today? Yeah, you know, I don't think standalone the the value prop for a TMS uh, needs to be explained to a to a supply chain executive by any means, right? That they they've probably been through it before if they've made it to that level. Um, but you know, you look at their job and their task at hand, and and owning uh, and orchestrating an entire supply chain. I mean, you've got tens, if not thousands, of trading partners. You've got uh, so many mission critical systems and and facilities that you need to manage and understand. You know what's happening. It, it's truly, you know, quite a, a challenge by no means. Uh, you know, the, the, the CSCO, they're an artist, they're a scientist, they're a mathematician, all kind of rolled up into one. Uh, you know, you, you look at TMS, the, 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 he or she is considering how new and, and innovative, you know, solutions can adapt to the business as the business changes. How complex algorithms, you know, are, are going to help reduce costs year over year. How efficiencies, you know, are going to be gained, um, you know, leveraging that, that technology and being able to break down barriers between the functional silos that they own, right? Warehousing and transportation and yard management and order management. So, you know, yeah, you can look at one solution for each of those, but, you know, it, it's the CSCO's job to really figure out, you know, what's the best combination of, of those solutions. So, like I said, I mean, standalone TMS, the value prop is well known, but I think the, the value of a, a supply chain platform, right, that, that provides the transportation management, the warehouse management, yard, uh, distributed order management, right, these are, and other uh, complementary functions that are, you know, all mixed in, these are the differentiators, right, these are the things that can impact operations, and that's the important conversation to have when, you know, the, the CSEO is, is really looking at uh, making change. Yeah, no, great point. I mean, when I, when I talk to, you know, uh, chief supply chain officers or senior VPs of supply chain. I mean, more than ever, I mean, it's always been the case that from a supply chain perspective, you're always trying to balance, you know, transportation with inventory, with labor costs, right? And, um, and even risks now, right? And then it's, it's, it's a very complex, you know, formula. And that, and that formula continues to shift and change, you, you know, over, over time. So, you know, my perspective is that, you know, looking at it purely from a transportation standpoint is that they're trying to take a more holistic view, right? So whereas in the past it might've been, okay, inbound is separate than outbound, private fleet separate than common carrier. Uh, even more recently, e-commerce operations are separate than our store operations, right? Now it's, you know, trying to kind of look at the bigger, the bigger picture. And then to your point, it's, it's the recognition that transportation doesn't operate in a silo that, you know, you've got warehouses involved and what's happening, the processes involved there. Uh, on the front end, you've got order management and, and what's happening, particularly from that orders coming from stores, or orders coming from uh, websites, uh, fulfillment models that are now, you know, things, I mean, we wrote recently about drop shipping and how that's becoming much more, you know, prevalent. So it's, it's, it's this added complexity and broader perspective and how to manage that more intelligently and more efficiently, I think is, 
is what's on the table for them. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. The, the job is uh, not getting any easier for sure. And, and all of those systems really, and the way that they interact with each other and, you know, the, the way information is shared amongst those systems, it all really needs to be, you know, reevaluated to, to try to squeeze out any of those, uh, you know, uh, you know, latency issues or integration issues, uh, you know, that, that have been uh, dealt with in the past. So definitely. Great. So let's shift gears now and, and talk about, you know, what's new and exciting in, in the world of TMS. I mean, it's been around for a while, uh, as, as you and I know, but it, there's constant innovation, you know, taking place in, in the industry. Um, you, you know, can, can you kind of share some perspective in terms of, you know, some of the newer capabilities that are out there and, and the value proposition and, and kind of the, the value that they're providing, you know, some of the companies you work with? Yeah, sure. So, you know, a lot, lot of exciting things happening in the space now. You certainly have some of the uh, more futuristic things that we'll save for another conversation, things that haven't exactly hit the mass market yet. And, uh, you know, you can, you can speculate on those with drones and driverless car, uh, trucks, et cetera. But uh, I think more of the, the realistic scenarios of, of what people are, are implementing with TMS today, are, you know, the, the big one is around uh, IoT and mobility, right? I, you know, um, dealing with real-time visibility. Uh, it, it's not something necessarily new to, to transportation or TMS, but you know, the tracking expectations and, and requirements are, are on the rise and, and sort of the bar has been set to a new level now. There's really no excuses for, um, you know, for no matter how big or small a carrier or what mode you're on, right? The, the technology exists. Uh, so small carriers can provide the same level of service uh, and information that large carriers have been doing. And there's always a need for these small and medium-sized carriers out there for one reason or another, right? Every, every large uh, shipper is using them to some extent. Um, you know, I've seen a specific push in the, in the food industry uh, due to new regulations, uh, new service requirements. Um, you know, there's a need for better compliance and in-transit visibility. You've got S uh, SMA uh, out there, right, which is helping to drive some of that. You've got other companies that are just looking at, um, you know, um, short shelf life product or customer based, you know, needs, uh, high volume sellers, things that are driving the need for, you know, maybe only a certain portion of the, the business to be tracked, you know, truly real time every few minutes, uh, whereas others might be an hour or so. But uh, knowing where that product is, knowing the temperature of it on, in transit all, at all times, these are some of the, uh, you know, great new capabilities that, uh, that are coming to market. I think the, um, you know, another area is around strategic planning. Uh, you know, again, it, it's something that's sort of been out there for, for some time. However, the, the idea that companies are now spending more time on that type of what-if analysis, um, and I think truthfully it's because TMSs have become more efficient and, and it's allowing planners to, to spend more time on this type of exercise and activity. Um, but, you know, looking at contingency planning, as I mentioned before, with risk and volatility, it's becoming more important. Uh, supply chains are just more dynamic. So being able to adapt more quickly uh, to the changing environment that's out there is really what strategic planning is allowing folks to do. And, you know, as, as a few examples of that, um, you know, companies are looking at um, ways that they can more optimize their fleets. A lot of our customers are really focusing in on fleet operations, um, their outbound distribution networks, you know, trying to reduce miles, variable costs, you know, anywhere from two to 5%. And that, you know, that makes a big difference in the bottom line. Um, you know, looking at 
store deliveries from, from a retail perspective, you know, are the days that I'm delivering the optimal days or the time windows of the stores, you know, preventing me from optimizing, um, you know, as well as am I sending product from the right distribution center to those stores, right? So, so facility sourcing type decisions. Um, you know, another area is, you know, and I think you just put something out today around uh, dedicated fleet modeling, right? Or just, you know, making the choice of dedicated versus private versus contract carrier, right? So understanding the cost and allocation of the, of the resources that I have, that's another area around strategically, you know, uh, understanding that. Um, so, you know, some of those, you know, are, are, are some of the key things that, that I'm certainly seeing with our customers. The, you know, the, I think the main change, like I said, in this space is just the priority that's now being given to this and the frequency of analysis. It, it maybe it was looked at as, you know, something to do once a year in the past. It's really being done, you know, quarterly or, you know, or monthly now because the supply chain is changing so much and that, you know, has, you need to react to those changes. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great, uh, I think that that brings us full circle. I mean, I think the fact that companies are looking at TMS and some of the capabilities to, to be, to look at it from a more strategic perspective, do some of these what if analysis, look at it from a, through a risk management lens, right? Having that real-time visibility and more real-time visibility in certain parts of their network, you know, as required. I mean, I think all those things, I think, filter back up to why, you know, making TMS an enterprise priority is, is important, uh, you know, today. Uh, you know, Greg, we're running short on time here, so I'm just going to go to my, you know, my last question here as a, you know, as a way to wrap up. Um, you know, what, you know, for companies that haven't made an investment in TMS or haven't made it a priority or, or companies that are simply looking to move up, uh, you know, the, the transportation operations to a higher performance level, I mean, what, um, what action should they take today to start heading in the right direction? Good question. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, my advice would be to sort of start with more bottom-up collaboration, right? I, you know, the more I talk to folks at the, you know, higher levels of organizations and then sit down with planners, I think what needs to happen is folks need to get in a room uh, with the folks that are on the front lines, uh, you know, the people managing the operations every day, um, those dealing with fires, those, you know, dealing with the antiquated processes that are out there, uh, you know, define what the, the high-level workflows are that, that users are going through to execute their tasks, right? Understand the requirements that are needed, what are hard constraints, what are soft constraints, um, you know, and, and what's taking time in their day, right? And, and are those the most efficient use? Is that the most efficient use of their time? You know, I, I think then take it to the next level and, and you document pain points, you prioritize them. Uh, you know, is it, is it a planning problem? Is it an execution problem? Is it visibility, analytics, right? These are all the things that transportation, as we've talked about, can, can help solve, but you have to identify the problem first. Um, you know, and then once you have all that, you know, look at the metrics that you're, you're measuring against and, and do, you, you know, do you have the right metrics? What do you need to improve? Um, you know, and then take all that information and, and build an RFP, right, that defines what are today's requirements. But as part of that, don't, um, you know, don't assume that today's processes and constraints are the processes and constraints of tomorrow. You, you have to have an open mind. You have to realize that implementing software is just part of the process, right? You have to have some change management, as, as I talked about. Um, so, you know, I, I think summing it up, you know, if, if you haven't looked at a TMS in the last few years, uh, you know, there's, you're probably unaware of the full scope of processes and capabilities that are out there. Uh, you know, there, there's advancements that have been made, technology, deployment models, uh, 
the modular nature of implementation, right? Time to market, user experience, all of these things that we've uh, we've talked about that you know provide the ROI that uh, that executives uh, should be looking for to to help make it, um, business more more efficient and effective. So, you know, no doubt in my mind, it's uh, it's time to make TMS a, a priority. Great. Well, you know, I'm 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 biased in this respect because I've been uh, you know. Uh, uh, making that same point, you know, now for, for 18 years. And uh, uh, I, I, I think that, yeah, and I think the market is finally listening. So it's, it's great. Uh, and I think you're right. I mean, I think I, I would echo that same thing. I think if you haven't looked at the TMS, at TMS solutions in, in a few years, um, and certainly if you don't have one in place today, um, I, I think it's important to kind of take a look at the market, understand kind of where we are today from a technology standpoint, understand how companies are leveraging TMSs today because they're different than it was in the past. And, uh, and then all the great, uh, you know, recommendations uh, you just made in terms of how to get started. So uh, Greg, like I always say at, at the end of all our episodes, we always manage to, uh, to scratch the, the surface on this topic, but I think we've got a good head start today. And uh, I want to thank you for, for making the time to uh, be with us today. Thanks for having me, Adrian. Good luck with everything. <laughs> great. Thank you. And I, I want to thank those of you that joined us today. Um, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Manhattan Associates website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question for uh, Greg, uh, you can post a question there, and I'm sure that Greg will be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us today. I look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day. Bye now.